Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanksgiving week extravaganza of the football pandemic. We're not only going to feast on turkey and potatoes, we're going to get into some football. Stick around and join us. Hey guys, it is that football week of football weeks when you get three games on Thursday and you just sit and eat turkey until you're almost asleep watching the Cowboys against whoever they play and the Lions against whoever they play and Washington against whoever they play. They're always on Thanksgiving, right? Those three teams. Is that right? Yeah. There's that Christmas song of it's the most wonderful time of the year. I disagree. This is the most wonderful time of the year. Football, food, doesn't get any better than that. Come Amen. Uh, I, I really, now I do like Christmas, but you're right. For yes. football, this is the most wonderful time of the year for sure. Hey, uh, we're going to get into some of the big news that's gone on here this week and start looking forward to what's coming up this next week. Tristan, why don't you start us off? What's going on in the NFL? Yeah, so major news uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, their oh. franchise quarterback, number one overall pick is out for the year, Joe Burrow, a nasty leg injury, just another victim of uh, FedEx field. That That is not a field you want to play on, it seems like, uh, injury-wise. Yeah. And he's, he, he, may, he may be out even part of next year, too, if there's extra damage in the knee area. I mean, if you're the Bengals, you just kind of got to slow play this, right? It's so sad. Yeah. You know, they're the the one team that you just think they never can get out of their of, of their curse. They're losing. And then Joe, Joe Burrow comes along and it's like, this is a, a bright spot. This is going to be amazing. This franchise is turning around and then this happens. And it's not just an ACL. It's ACL, MCL. There's going to be extensive rehab and who knows. And mm-hmm. Think about the last time the Cincinnati Bengals had a successful college quarterback as the number one overall pick come in and look really good as a rookie. Uh, that was Carson Palmer before he yeah. had a, a knee injury in that playoff game against the Steelers, and he was never the same after that. No. Now, it's been a few years. There have been some uh, developments medically. I mean, I don't even know back then if if Alex Smith could do what he did uh, in his recovery. Yeah. So, you know, prayers up. Hopefully, Joe Burrow is able to come back and still be the franchise quarterback. Uh, the Bengals have really wanted – and have been looking for for a while now. Tua Tungavailoa, mm. he got benched. That was a, not a good pick there for me against the spread. Really shocked me that the Dolphins played that way, get lost to the Broncos. I mean, Tua's the starter going forward, but I mean, I think if you're if you're Brian Flores, you send a message that he's on a really short leash as a starter. I would have left him in. Even if even if there was a loss and you know what happened, Brian Flores, like when he made this decision, he's like, yeah, you know, we don't know where we're at. We're going to get him in here, get him experience and go forward. But then they started winning and they were on a five five game winning streak. And he had to be thinking, wait a minute, we could actually legitimately win our division. And so he got antsy and decided, you know, we got to put back in Fitzmagic. We got to do what we got to do to win this. And now, of course, uh, Tua was being pounded. So <laughs> he was not able to get comfortable at all. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard now to, to go forward with that mix of quarterbacks in the room. Yeah, I, I think I would have left Fitzpatrick in before I ever put Tua in. As a fan of football, I was comfortable watching Fitzpatrick play and I like the idea that a rookie quarterback should sit and learn from a veteran. 
It's a completely different mindset than college football and different than what he got at Alabama. They should have left Fitzpatrick in for the whole season. Next season, start to uh, get rid of Fitzpatrick. So there's not that safety net. It's going to make him perform a lot better. I don't know. I don't think you have time to wait on on rookie quarterbacks. I mean, it's it's pretty much produced right away or the team might move on. I mean, teams have obviously taken, still take their time with rookie quarterbacks here or there. But I think if you're the Dolphins, you're going to have that Texans pick that's going to be you know, near the top half of the draft, you have a chance to make a move if you don't like what you have with Tua. And I think that's that's part of the rumor that came out of if they don't like what they have in Tua, they can make a move at quarterback. And again, this is this is post Josh Rosen. You know, the teams can move on after with a, a rookie quarterback, even if they took him top 10 in the first round, if they don't like what they got. So I think Tua, right. you've, you've got to get more. This next game against the Jets, that's a get-right game. You've got to really start to flash the potential you have because in these games he's played, we haven't seen a whole lot of, you know, wow plays of, like, this is why we took him in the top five. You've seen that with Burrow. You've seen that with Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you need, need to see it from Tua here next week. I think that's going to be uh, really important uh, for, for his viability with the Dolphins going forward. Uh, Speaking and, of... You know, uh... Speaking of Herbert, and I don't mean to step on something if you were about to bring this up in a minute, but uh, he kind of looks like he's got the all clear for offensive rookie of the year now that Burrow's gone down, wouldn't you say? I mean, it w- those two were like kind of right up there at the top and then Burrow gets this injury. I can't imagine Burrow would still like be in that conversation missing the rest of this season, but Herbert's like right there. Yeah, I think you can make an argument for a receiver as well. We've had you know, Justin Jefferson or Chase Claypool, I think have been up there in that conversation as well. And I wouldn't sleep on them just quite yet. They might not have the immediate impact that you see on the screen that you'd get with a quarterback, but they've definitely made impacts on their teams and their games this season. I think what'll make that difference is if the Chargers win, like, you know, say they win three or four of the remaining, then then the it's going to go through the roof, Herbert. You know, But if they don't, you know, if they, if they keep losing and being close, he's going to be in the conversation, but it won't be a slam dunk. Yeah, Herbert's undefeated with this new haircut. I'm going to point that out. <laughs> I mean, that's a big drop-off haircut-wise. I mean, he, he just looks so much better with that, that longer hair, the flow. I agree. Can't knock the results, I guess. I like, like I like the long hair. I like the long <laughs> hair on a on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another big game. Titans win over the Ravens again in overtime. And the Titans, they just seem to have the Ravens number. I think this this uh, this game coming up next week uh, for the Ravens, if they want to have a good standing going into the playoff race, they've got to win this game against against the Steelers coming up on on Thanksgiving. That's a tall order for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the team that they seem to never be able to get past. Uh, but the Titans, you know, this year are that team. I was so wanting the Titans to lose to create some space in the AFC South between the Colts and the Titans. When I saw Derrick Henry doing that last run into the end zone, I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Again, you just cannot stop Derrick Henry. Guy's big. I mean, that's a huge that's a tough guy to tackle and I think he wears down a defense as the game goes along and that that offense for the Ravens has not nearly been as explosive I think teams have kind of figured it out as well uh, as compared to last year and speaking of hair I think Derrick Henry he's like Samson I think that big old dread log that sticks out of the back of his helmet that's his strength I think uh, I think that hair is what helps him be so 
Well, and all those muscles and size yeah. and stuff. <laughs> some, some say that. Some say that the thing that the rest of his hair, they say it's uh, made out of raven feathers. That's just oh. <laughs> this week for NFL news, Taysom Hill will not be able to be used at the flex position or tight end position as he is now labeled as QB. You heard it here first, folks. Ah. The first few weeks of the season, he was able to be used at either tight end, quarterback, or the flex, but now he's primarily used at QB due to his start and due to him being at the quarterback position. So you're saying uh, so you're saying that he will not ever get to see those positions now that he's labeled the quarterback. I don't know. What do you think, guys? You think that's true? You think he won't ever get to be tight end or running back while he's in this? I want to see Jameis as tight end. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was kind of a surprise to me when they chose to go Taysom Hill over Jameis. Was it to either of you? It was to me. To, to me, Taysom Hill on that team is reserved for those what used to be trick plays, but now every time he walks onto the field, you know something's going to happen. The, the problem is when he walks on the field, you, you pretty much know it's not going to be like a normal pass, or at least used to be. He had to pass some this week, I guess. Yeah, it, it's basically, you know, a Lamar Jackson. He's either going to run it or do a short pass. That's all you got. Yeah, and I think with um, the tight end eligibility being taken away, that really sucks for a lot of fantasy teams out there who... You know, it's it was really weird. I had him in one of my leagues on in, in an uh, ESPN league where he's the starting quarterback, but you start him at tight end, and it was it's it's just that didn't make any sense to to keep going yeah. forward. That he he ran zero routes. How can he start at tight end? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. So it was a fun thing, a fun little gadget this week. And you know, Taysom Hill, if you still have him on your fantasy team, he might be a guy you want to hang on to as a. Uh, you still might not want to start him this next week. But he, he runs a lot. He has a lot of rushing upside. That's what you want from a quarterback, fantasy-wise. I know he uh, really deeply uh, underthrew that deep pass. He was about 15 yards short to Emmanuel Sanders. So he didn't look like much of a polished passer, but those rushing those rushing yards and those uh, carries on the goal line are, are really important for fantasy. Yeah, and the good thing for, for Taysom was he may not have like played amazing, but his defense, uh, the Saints defense was so good. They kept him in a really good field position all game. So he didn't have to look amazing for them to, to win. Yeah, I want to move just a little bit farther north to the NFC East. Uh, all teams have three wins, but with the <laughs> Eagles having that tie, they're at one. And then it's a three-way tie for second place. It's honestly anyone's division at this point. And <laughs> Who would have thought at going, what did what we just finish? Did we finish game 10 or 11? We finished 11, right? Yeah. At game uh, at game 11, it would be a f- almost a four-way tie with three wins. <laughs> it's so crazy. I don't understand. I mean, we need to write a letter or something to Roger Goodell to, like, take away a draft pick from every single NFC East team. <laughs> For this performance is absolutely ridiculous. But with parity. Like, how is each team this bad? With parity, wouldn't it be the opposite? Wouldn't he gift them an extra yeah. to get them all up to parity? <laughs> Yeah, everyone gets yeah. everyone in the NFC East gets two first round picks. <laughs> so usually you're you're rewarded for being bad. Like the the Jets are going to be are yeah. trying to go zero and sixteen, and they they're going to get a reward from that. But uh, no, not not at this point. It's too bad. You Just know what's scary decree. for me as an AFC South guy is that we are one good pass from. Um, Oh, what's his name? Jets quarterback. I just lost it. Um, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. One one good pass from Sam Darnold uh, away from the Jaguars somehow snagging that first round pick and getting uh, Mr. Lawrence into the AFC South. That would be scary for me. Come on, Jets. Keep losing. 
keep losing. I, Frank Gore this week said, uh, I don't want to be part of an 0-16 team. Nobody wants to be part of that. And so, you know, the players are trying to win. Man, yeah. Yeah. scary. Well, we do Gore not said, need the Jags getting the first overall pick. We do not need it, guys. Don't. I think they're going to get the second overall pick. And yeah, but probably take Justin Fields there. too. Yeah, so. it's going to look it's going to look great bad for the AFC South. Well, it should be good. It'll make it a really good competitive quarterback division, except for the Colts will have an old guy who may not be around for very long, and who knows what we're going to be quarterback-wise. So you're going to have the Tennessee Titans with Ryan, who's not like the youngest chick, but you got Deshaun Watson, who is amazing. Even though they're losing, he just looks so good. And then whoever comes in for the Jags, it's... Uh... Yeah, well, I want to stay in the NFC East and talk about the Eagles fans. Mm. Uh, recently, they've started a petition to fire Carson Wentz. Who you guys have <laughs> thoughts on that? <laughs> Well, you know, back when they traded Foles, I had a big question if they got rid of the wrong guy. Now, Foles hasn't been amazing either. (laughs) I'm sure Tristan will tell us all about that. (laughs) But I was never like super impressed with Wentz myself. I mean, he, he had a great arm, but something about him just never struck me as the guy. Yeah. I used to think that, uh, Kirk Cousins was the most overpaid quarterback in the NFL until I actually (laughs) saw Carson Wentz and, oh my gosh, how can you rely on that guy to run your franchise? Just move on. You Especially this year, you know, in 2017, he was looking good in all those years before his injury. He looked pretty good this year. No, it's not even like a knee related thing. He's just erratic with the football. It's it's everything mentally where he just he doesn't seem to read defenses fast enough. And he just makes erratic decisions with the football, reckless decision with, with the football. And I don't know where that came from. I mean, yeah. I think the Eagles back, you know, when they when they had to decide Foles or Wentz, I think they made the right pick with Wentz because he had invested so heavily in him. You gave him the big contract and he, he was just such a big part of your team. The only thing was he couldn't stay healthy. I mean, it, neither answer really looks right now. Right. Maybe Foles just has some kind of magic it just, it, where he just fits in well with Philly, whatever it is. He doesn't seem to fit in anywhere else. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that, I mean, I have no idea what's going on with Carson Wentz. If Bears want to buy low on him, I'll take a swing at it. What, what, if, the, uh, uh, what if the Bears and the Eagles traded quarterbacks? They took Foles back. And you got wins, and then Foles went on and took him to the. No, oh, they can't got Super Bowl. They only have three wins. Well, they're in the <laughs> NFC East. They're going to be in the playoffs. That's right. Foles <laughs> takes them with a five-win season into the playoffs and wins the Super Bowl. That would oh, be man. that would be the most ridiculous Foles thing to do. He get traded back to the Eagles, take him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, ima- imagine their first matchup. It's Foles and Brady. Brady's never beaten Foles. That's right. Foles gets yeah. the win over Brady, and then they automatically move on to the divisional round. It's, now, it's crazy. Talk, if you want to talk galaxy brain, how do the Bears find a quarterback? You hire Jim Harbaugh as your head coach. He convinces Andrew Luck to come out of retirement oh. to play for him oh. in Chicago. Oh. I know you don't like it, but I would love it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I would hate it. I'm I'm wearing the Andrew Luck jersey today, and every time I take this out of the drawer and put it on, um, it's like a bittersweet remorse in my soul for the talent he had and how soon it was over and how bad he had it while he was in there, all because Ryan Grigson. Why in the world Jim Mercer 
okay, maybe he went with Ryan Grigson for a year, but why he stuck with him and stuck with him and stuck with him and Pagano, you know, uh, Pagano's a great guy, but he was not a head coach. He may have been an okay defensive coach in uh, in Baltimore, and he may do okay in, in Chicago as a defensive person, but we, we were not good, but Grigson most of all, like just kept taking like offensive linemen down in like round six and seven, if any, and putting those out there and being like, that's good enough. And like, meanwhile, Luck's getting his spleen, you know, and his kidney ruptured. And, you know, it's like, why? Ugh. Well, you know, I have a, I have a Kevin White jersey and I got literally yeah. zero payout of, right. out of that. So at least you have some <laughs> memories to look back on. I do. I have that one. My favorite. Uh, I forget who he was playing when he threw it uh, or I forget if it was a throw or a handoff. Anyway, it, it bounced off of somebody and he grabbed it and did the Superman jump across the line. It was like early on and everybody was like, Andrew Luck is awesome. And then that, that uh, Detroit game where uh, he was running forward and I think it was Avery uh, that was the receiver with him at that time that they picked up. Time was out and he probably could have ran it into the end zone, but he flicked it forward and they won like with no time left. on Those two things are like stick out so strong in my memory. So good. Yeah, I want to go ahead and move on and talk about some running back performances this past week. Before you go, uh, I just want to apologize. Twice you've taken us to the NFC East, and on both times we've ended up talking about the Colts, and I realize that's that's my fault. <laughs> but what, what's this about yeah. running backs? Oh, yeah. Uh, I also want to note Matthew doesn't get a homer highlight this week. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's let's talk about some running back performances. Uh, at the noon game, uh, Derrick Henry surpassed 1,000 yards for the season, and just a couple hours later, Dalvin Cook also passed that. So we have two running backs now, 1,000-yard seasons, week 11. Dalvin Cook even missed some time. It's been... It's been a good production time for him. I think Henry's back in the lead, though, right? Calvin yeah. uh, Dalvin Cook had it for a while, but I think Henry took it back and he still holds it, right? Yeah, it's it's right there, but they're neck and neck. They both passed 1,000 yards just barely, but they're there. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to see what happens throughout the rest of the season. Good battle. Those guys yeah. at the top of the you know 1,000-yard rushers, those are a rare breed these days, yeah. all these running back by committees. Got to give those guys a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Problem is, though, I don't... I don't know if I want to pay him, pay him big money. You know, I know those guys are both on big contracts, but you know, how long are, are they going to keep producing at this level with injuries and the the very real rea- reality we have at the running back position? Yeah. I, I don't like it when I see running backs getting paid, you know, $15 million contracts or $15 million a year. You know, I, I like to sit back and be like a good running back. You can get about 8 million a year and it's good for, I mean, 8 million a year is very livable as we know. And it's also good for the team because they can supply you with more stuff around you. So we'll have to have to see. I don't think that's going to be a reality for very long, but we'll move on. And uh, I'm going to hop back over to the AFC, not talking about the Colts, but talking about the Jets. The Jets. Uh, they have mathematically been eliminated from the playoffs. Already. No longer, no longer able to get in. What? I thought they could make it. Oh, wait. <laughs> yep. they on break. Yeah, they're out. They're done. Now they're going to maybe win zero games or maybe beat the Patriots late on in the season. But, well, uh, the the beauty is we got. now the speculation about Sam Darnold really kicks in the overdrive as we hit the end of this season. Everybody's gonna be like, "Where's Sam Darnold next year?" Yeah, probably Chicago. I mean, I'll take it. it. He doesn't really look like much of a quarterback. Good quarterbacks seem to succeed despite everything around around them, and then bad quarterbacks 
people who want them to be good are like, well, you know, he doesn't have an offensive line, he doesn't have receivers, yada, yada. He has had some talent around him, and we just haven't really seen him put it together. But I don't know. If you can buy low on him, I'll, I'll take a chance on him. You probably have to probably have to give up a lot to get him, and I, I, don't, think he's, I don't think he's worth it. I don't know what yeah. it'll what it'll take, uh, depending on how long it goes into the off season. When you know, if we're getting right up on the draft and it's obvious they're going to pick a quarterback, nobody's going to pay much. They're just going to sit back and wait. Uh, but I'll bring it back once again. You know, the the good quarterbacks could do it with nothing around them, like Andrew Luck. To bring it back to the Colts one more time, which he's not with us anymore. So I don't know why I'm so proud of that. He's he's long gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll I'll move on to my final point. Keep Matthew at bay. Uh, and I'm going to talk about rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's the first receiver in the Super Bowl era to score 10 touchdowns in his first 10 career games. So at least one touchdown a game. It, it's looked nice. Mapletron, I think is what they're calling him now. Mapletron? Yeah, he's yeah. Canadian. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, where did Mapletron. that come from? Yeah, I think uh, this- Tony Romo gave him the name. Okay. I mean, this has got to be one of the greatest receiver classes. Like th- yeah. this receiver class is off to like one of the best starts we've ever seen from a receiver class. I mean, there's just so much depth. Even a guy you don't even think about, like Darnell Mooney, he went later on in the draft. He could be one of the better receivers if he has an, a quarterback to actually throw to him eventually. But there's just so much talent, team to team. Like it seems like every one of these rookie receivers has hit so far. <laughs> I win in your face. Yeah, how do you like them apples? Dough! That dough is definitely um, set up for our first person to talk about their Homer highlights. Uh, it's Tristan. Uh, not, nothing bad happened. You didn't lose any games this week. Talk to us, Tristan, about the Bears. Well, nothing happened. I mean, this was a great Sunday, a great week of football, because I did not have to watch this terrible offensive offense in general for the Bears, uh, mainly the offensive line and the quarterback. It's, it's just nice to, to take a beat, not have to deal with the very re- real reality of this Bears team just being in a really tough spot. They did not make a move on Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy to this point. Uh, I don't think they will. And that's an indictment on the McCaskies. The McCaskies, as, an owner, as owners, are really conservative. They don't care about winning. That's, that's factual. They may say, we want to build a sh- winner in Chicago. No, no, you don't, because... It's all about money for them. No matter what, they're going to be top five in attendance. They're going to have, you know, in Chicago, the Bears are the biggest thing. And they're going to get great attendance regardless. That's what's important to them. So they're they're fine to just take their time with Matt Nagy and Ryan, Ryan Pace, who apparently has endeared himself to the family. We don't care. We know this isn't going to work. <laughs> Bears fans know that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are not the answer. They've got to go ASAP. I'm not going to move off that point. Uh, we're going to have a fun week next week. It's going to be fun for Brandon because the <sighs> Packers are going to wipe the floor with the Bears. It's not even going to be close. They're going to make that Packers defense look like a like a top five defense. <laughs> I've been the, waiting for that all season. Yeah, I can't Smith tell brothers, you. <laughs> the Smith brothers, they're not brothers. I hate that nickname. They're going to have a field day rushing the passer. Yeah, the Bears are, are in a tough spot. But as a fan, I'm feeling a little bit good. Uh, Illinois football got a win over Nebraska, their first win there since 1924. 
because they hadn't Ooh. played there for 60 years before Nebraska joined <laughs> uh, the Big Ten. No idea what happened there. So I guess the the fire Lovey Smith train has taken a stop for, for this week. Uh, they're playing Ohio State. Now, if he can pull that one off, my goodness. That, <laughs> I mean, you think that Illinois beating uh, Wisconsin last year was a big deal. Times that by like 10 if you yeah. beat Ohio State. That's not going to happen. They're going to get pretty well blown out. But be competitive. That's the only expectation there. And Illinois basketball starts tomorrow, Wednesday. Top five team or top 10 team preseason in the nation it's gonna be fun can't wait for that i'm gonna watch that instead of the lions game by the way at 11 o'clock what uh, oh they, man you can't say on that on, too. can't say that on a football <laughs> podcast i'm just being honest i would wait, rather didn't watch, you just uh, say it was the most wonderful time of the year it is <laughs> I, there's there's more football later in the day better football than lions texans okay might flip right. back and forth just see what's going on a little bit but mostly i'm gonna be watching the illinois take on Chicago state. That's going to be fun. Um, but that's it for my, my Homer highlights. Yeah, Blake, Looking optimistic with the college side. Blake, you've been quiet all day. What about your new England Patriots? For my Homer highlights this week, it's going to be weird because Patriots lost 27 to 20. They put up a close game against the Texans, but they were just not able to get the win. So now from here on out, it's basically winner go home for the Patriots in order to make the playoffs. The fact of the matter is we have to win out, and it'll be tough as this week we have the Arizona Cardinals as our opponent. I don't even know if winning out, Blake, is going to get you there. I think the AFC is strong. The AFC has a lot of seven and more win teams right now, and uh, I think there's there's going to be a 10-win team sitting on the outside not getting into the end of the playoffs the way it's looking right now. So I think we can all pretty much assume your New England Patriots were done before this week, but uh, yeah, that's nice optimism anyway. <laughs> to, Good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, I riddance. When, I think if the Patriots win out, the only thing they're looking at is uh, – Mid to late first round draft pick. Yeah. What was the thing I heard this week that by this time they're under 500 for the first time since 2000? Um, and I believe that. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely a new era in uh, AFC East football. I was really hoping that the uh, Dolphins would win this last week and there would be like a tie at the top between the, the Bills and the Dolphins, both sitting at seven and three. That could have happened, uh, but it, it didn't. Um, but still. Uh, it's nice to see some other teams get some recognition in that division. Well, we're going to we're gonna move on now, and, and this one's going to be a little different. It's going to be the Homer highlights of uh, the Colts-Packers game, which is uh, myself and Brandon. So we're going we're gonna to kind of tag team here uh, and talk a little bit about what happened in this game. And uh, I'll start with just a few, you know, generic little, little tidbits out there, and we'll get into some of the meat of the discussion here. But uh, Jonathan Taylor kind of seemed to get himself right again and uh, got over 100 yards in this game. I don't think he got any touchdowns, but he was he was getting some good runs in there, and that was good. Yeah. Uh, he, he had like a 40-yard uh, touchdown run that was called back by one of the holding penalties. Right. Naheem Hines also had a, a touchdown that was called back by a—it seemed like the Colts had quite a few holding penalties in this, especially, especially when you got right to the end of the fourth quarter when they really needed not to— uh, We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, meanwhile, Michael Pittman got his first. We were talking about all these great rookie wide receivers, and I really had high hopes for Michael Pittman. He ended up having uh, surgery on his calf and uh, was out for like three games or something. Uh, but he got his first touchdown, and I know that's not, you know, the 10th 
than 10 games like we were just talking about with Mr. Claypool, but uh, or Mapletron, whatever they're calling him. Uh, yep. But uh, Pittman got his, his first of hopefully many, many, and hopefully he continues to get better uh, with the Colts. It was uh, just as I expected it was going to be. It was our defense that really ended up showing up. Now our offense did what, you know, they had to get out there and move the ball. Uh, but what I noticed is our defense did exactly what they did with Tennessee uh, the week before, and that is the b- very beginning looked great for Tennessee. Remember, they got that touchdown. They just walked down the field first thing. Packers did the same thing. They walked down the field four times on us. Uh, well, we walked down the field and fumbled on our first drive. Yeah, well, we fumbled it right <laughs> back to you. I mean, like immediately back to you. So it yeah. was like, oh, wait, you guys gave us the ball. Here, let us hand that back to you, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah so, thank you, Mo Alley-Cox. All right. So th- I, I don't really count either one of those fumbles because they just offset each It's offsetting penalties. <laughs> there but uh but yeah they did the same thing in that our defense like after the half uh Eberflus uh, Matt Eberflus the coach has somehow really figured out a, a way to go in analyze what's going on and then come back out in that second half and shut people down he did it against Tennessee uh they didn't score another point I don't think in the second half last week and you guys you guys being Brandon and all you Packers fans yeah you barely got that three at the end because we like did 41 holding calls uh, in order to have to punt the ball and give you a chance to go Go down and win the game. Stupid Colts. Get those holding penalties back under control. Uh, But anyway, uh, regardless of how it happened, um, I would say at halftime, I was pretty much expecting a loss. I was downhearted and and feeling bad. Um, And then I was scared the whole rest of the game. The whole second half of the game, my heart was hammering. And we got to the end, I still didn't feel confident uh, because when we we ended um, and you guys had the ball and Aaron Rodgers had it. You had enough time. It was like Patrick Mahomes getting a minute 40 something from the Raiders to, to win the game. I just thought it's over. He's going to go down and get a touchdown. Somehow the Colts defense again, who was, that was the matchup coming in green Bay offense against the Colts defense, both ranked number one. And so that was a battle. What did you think about all this, Brandon? Yeah. So uh, I want to point out something that I find very impressive so this was week 11 of the season and we have an offensive line person. I won't, I won't name his position, uh, but his name is Elton Jenkins. And when he played the Colts, he played center starting halfway through the first quarter. When our center, Corey Lindsley went out with a, a back injury, Elton Jenkins came in who has played both guard positions and both tackle positions came in at center. So this season he has played every position on that offensive line. And that's hard to do as an offensive lineman and make it look really good. And that's what we've seen from Elton Jenkins so far this season. It's nice uh, to have won- those versatile guys. Those are really useful. Yeah, according to Pro Football Focus, he's the most versatile offensive lineman in the NFL. I, th- I think that's good. You know, when, when David Bakhtiari was out, he was filling in for David Bakhtiari, and there was no difference. And he usually plays right tackle. He plays the opposite of David Bakhtiari. That's his most comfortable position, and I agree. But no matter where you put him on the line, he's going to put up a fight, and he doesn't hold. So it's good. Uh, that was that was my most impressive thing on the offensive line. I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Hero uh, and GOAT. And, he did both. Yeah, so... Uh, out of 42 career starts, he's had one fumble. One. Yeah. 
and that happened to be in overtime in Colts territory, which was not good for Green Bay. And yeah, it's it's hard. It's a game See, of I, humans playing humans. There's going to be mistakes. I chalk that up to Justin Blackmon, um, our our late round kind of surprise defensive pick this year, who has been playing really great. Um, he got in there and did just what he needed to, to poke that ball out. Yeah, but I, I do want to note uh, to finish the end of regulation, end of the fourth quarter, he caught a 55-yard pass in triple coverage. Rodgers was down at the five, just launched it just a little bit past midfield. He caught it in triple coverage. That's not a receiver play that you see as a wide receiver three. That's like a Devontae Adams level play. So I'm I'm starting to see some of his training with Jerry Rice this past offseason paying off. See, when I, when I saw that play, I was getting ready to, to text Matthew. This is exactly what I've what Bears fans have seen time and time again of like <laughs> close game, Aaron Rodgers bomb out of nowhere, way yeah. past the defense every time. It's like yep. unreal how that how that happened. It, it, it worked out well as the, the Colts got the win, but Aaron Rodgers does that every single time in a close game. Season. It is annoying. Yeah. And the, the worst part was uh, he had that look on his face. Aaron Rodgers had that look on his face late in the game, that kind of like, <laughs> we got this sewn up. Hey, I love you guys. He's pointing at his teammates just being Mr. Cool. And I'm like, oh, I hate you so much, Aaron Rodgers. And then we won, and then they put the camera back on him, and that look was completely gone. Sorry, Brandon. Sorry. Yeah, I, I want to point out with Tristan, it was always Randall Cobb on the other end. Yep. <laughs> Randall Cobb. I don't know why. He always had his best games against the Bears in clutch yep. time. Yeah, there was a, a few things the Packers need to improve. Obviously, the turnovers were were crazy. We saw a very rare Aaron Rodgers interception. Hats off to the Colts. That was a nice defensive scheme right there. Kind of bait Rodgers into that throw. Rodgers also fumbled the ball which was a center quarterback exchange fumble. Uh, that's also the same play Corey Lindsley went out with his back. And then Darius Shepard fumbled it on the kickoff, which should not be happening either. So I, every time we receive the ball after that kickoff, I'm like, all right, Darius Shepard, I don't want you to fumble it. Just hold on to it. I don't care if you get two yards. Just hold on to the ball. We can move the football down the field. Tell you what, um, early in the game, um, our rookie kicker, knocked one right off of the I mean he did it was a long kick and he hit he was dead yeah. center hit the bar and bounced yards. off and I thought to myself that's going to come back to bite us and then late in the game when we were only up by three instead of up by it would have been only been six so a touchdown still would have beat us but mm-hmm. I, I was thinking oh it'd be nice to have that three points right there but luckily Blankenship was also the one who in overtime kicked the winner so by the way, did you know he rapped when he was uh, at Georgia? Uh, he did a, a rap. It came out this week and uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, I forget what the name of it was. I listened to it once. But uh, that little guy with speckles out there rapping and kicking. Got to love it. Yeah, he, He's a character. He has to be the the smallest guy in the NFL. I, it's I awesome, saw isn't these, it? <laughs> I saw all these comparisons on like the variation of NFL players and it compl- it compared Blankenship <laughs> to DK Metcalf. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like these two humans can play the same exact sport. Like yep. It's crazy. It's awesome, isn't and it? Quick, I really want to, uh, I really like that point on Eldon Jenkins, though, because I'm a former offensive lineman. I played center. Go Playing each, you know, the guard, the tackle, or the center position, all completely different. I mean, play to play, the, the assignments could be completely different, whether you're playing left guard or right guard. You know, sometimes you're pulling, you've got to worry about, you know, which, which guys you're blocking on pass pro, you know, what your, what your technique is playing that versatility on, on the offensive line is underrated, especially playing center snapping 
is not easy. You've got to be 100% perfect every time. If you're not perfect, like the one time Corey Lindsley was just a little bit too short on that that quarterback center exchange, you're you know you're you're the the reason you're the main reason that that drive ends and yeah. there's a turnover. So yeah, shout out to Elton Jenkins for uh, holding it down for Com- the offense coming line. in and doing it. I just want to kind of look forward to this Bears matchup we got coming up. As Tristan mentioned earlier, the uh, Chicago Bears will be traveling to Lambeau Field, and what he might not have known is Aaron Rodgers is less than 200 yards away from 50,000 career passing yards. Having Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field against the Bears, getting 50,000 passing yards. Well, okay. <laughs> historic historic nights, though, when it's like a, a milestone or historical moment, it hasn't worked out for the Packers. I think the last time the Bears won in Lambeau, it was Brett Favre night when he came back on Thanksgiving, and it was like retiring him and bringing him back to the, the Packer family. Uh, the Bears won that game pretty crappy bears team game winning interception by tracy porter tracy porter <laughs> he still remembers <laughs> matthew thomas you know his favorite guy um, <laughs> but yeah that's that that might be a reason the bears keep it close it's it's bears packers it might be close anyway but i'm not feeling good yeah there was a game a few years ago and rogers tried to go for the to tie the all-time touchdowns in the game with, with seven he threw six in the first half and they drove down, they got the ball, first thing, second half, drove down. He went for that seventh touchdown pass four times in a row and didn't get it, and then they just benched him for the rest of the game. <laughs> Matt Flynn came in and finished out. Oh, Matt Flynn, Mr. Big Bucks from one game. But uh, That's all I got. What do you got coming in, Matthew? Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to hold off. I was going to look forward to the Colts game coming up, but I have a feeling it's going to get mentioned uh, if by nobody else, at least by me, when we talk about these marquee manure and my oh my. So Brandon, why don't we just go right into that segment with you starting? What's your marquee, your manure and your my oh my for the week? All right. So as you guys have probably caught on, Thanksgiving is this week, which Woo! means we get three games on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So I have kind of two sections of my marquee manure and my oh my. I'm going to do my Thanksgiving special. Okay. Of just the teams playing on those games. Sure. And then I'm going to give my overall week 12. Okay. So my Thanksgiving special, Marquee, I give it Ravens at Steelers. Okay. The Ravens desperately need this win to stay within potentially playoff contention. Mm-hmm. You know, if they start going down now and going down, we could see them not even make the playoffs. And that's scary to think about. Going into the season, we thought Ravens, they're for sure going to get the number one seed. Analysts all over the place were saying that, and now there's potential they don't even make it. So that's my marquee matchup. Watch Lamar Jackson and what he does, and see if Pittsburgh can stop him for a second time in the season. It will be at Heinz Field. Okay. I'm going to point that out. Steelers have home field advantage. My manure game, I'm going to go Texans-Lions. Of course. Uh, And not because I think this is going to be an awful game. Uh, But but what does it matter? Yeah, it it doesn't. Right. (laughs) It's not going to benefit the NFC North. It's not going to benefit the NFC or the AFC, AFC South. South. So, so it, it doesn't matter. It's a manure game. But the my oh my game, I got the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys, Alex Smith and, and Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Andy Dalton looked good this past week. And so those are those are my Thanksgiving special games. And uh, one of these teams is going to be a four win team. <laughs> yeah. And. And at least for Thursday, will be the number one spot yeah, in the and, NFC East. And uh, they could end up being like the only four-win team after this week, one of those two. Because who did the Eagles play and who did the Giants play? 
I'll have to look that up. Yeah. The Giants are favorites. Over. They're playing the Broncos. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're really going to be the, the favorites. I mean, they may be the favorites on the betting line, but I wonder if they're... Yeah, no, Giants no, Bengals. and Bengals. Okay, yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, yeah, with, with Burrow out, I can see them being the favorite. And then the Eagles are playing the Seahawks and they're, on they're, Monday night football. They're probably going to lose. So if somehow Cincinnati with whoever, who's, the, who's their backup quarterback? I don't even know. Finley? Uh, Ryan Finley. Yeah. Finley. Yeah, Finley can come in and like and, and beat uh beat the Giants. Then we could have only one four win team and it could be Brandon's team of choice all 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 year long. The Washington football team. <laughs> that's right. I think really that's that's who we're all rooting for in that division. I mean at least I am Tristan, I don't know. Do you have a, a team you're rooting for in that mess? Yeah. I mean if I had to pick one, I guess I guess it would be uh I guess it would be the football team. <laughs> all all year uh, I have uh, been. Run. I just love the fact that a team that didn't even have a real name, they were just doing a placeholder name, could win their division, you know, and they were in such disarray and there was all the, everything, everything is wrong with that team and they could win. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and back up and go through my week 12 overall. So okay. now you guys have my Thanksgiving special. Sure. Make sure to tune in to all of those except Texans at Lions, which <laughs> is Tristan's plan. <laughs> yep. And uh, I'm going to stick with my marquee matchup as the Thanksgiving special. I'm going to stick with Ravens at Steelers. Okay. There, there's a couple other games I could have put in there, but to me personally, I think that has the biggest playoff implications for the Ravens, which would be a big thing. Uh, my manure game, I'm going to say Dolphins at Jets. Okay. I think the Dolphins are going to come back a little stronger and they're going to get a win over a defeated Jets team that doesn't necessarily want to lose, but will. And then my my oh my game that I want everyone to watch and see what's going to happen Chiefs and Buccaneers. Watch what Patrick Mahomes is able to do against one of the tougher defenses he's played this season. And I want to see if Tom Brady's able to get a bounce back from his game last night. I just want to say, we didn't talk about this in, in NFL news, but I was heartbroken when the Raiders lost to the Chiefs. I knew it was going to happen when there was still a minute and 40 whatever on the clock. But I was heartbroken because Derek Carr played so well. They played them so strong, and I'm like, go Raiders, sweep them, sweep them, and they didn't make it. Yeah, Jason you, Witten you, almost got the game winner. Yeah, You Jason cannot Witten. give an elite quarterback <laughs> a minute and 30 seconds left in the game to go get a touchdown. No. And you can't leave his star tight end wide open in the end zone. No. Those are things you cannot do. That was a big defensive mistake on uh, Las Vegas's end. Not you open, know, Las Vegas. You know, it's it's just hard because uh, Las Vegas, they, they weren't necessarily playing bad. Now, I don't know how Kelsey got so open in the end zone, but it's just stupid. Patrick Mahomes just is so calm and so precise, and he's like running backwards and turning sideways and targets the person perfectly and you're just like oh why does somebody so good have to be on another team and then have those weapons as well offensively right two pretty good running backs and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey like that's just it's not fair it's not that's that's all it is yeah the Chiefs aren't fair they're not fair well uh we're gonna move on to my uh my games of the week and I'll do that little Thanksgiving special thing we only have three teams to choose from I I'm not the same though surprisingly hmm. um I I pick uh, as my manure game we'll start there because that's I think going to be obvious for everyone Texan Lions who cares doesn't matter um we know Matt Patricia's probably gone after this year uh he's been extended a lot of a lot of leeway but 
Man, that didn't look good getting shut out last week against uh, Carolina with not even you know Teddy or um, Christian McCaffrey in. Yeah, although that was P.J. Walker, right? P.J. Walker used to be on the Colts uh, practice squad and went to the XFL and was like golden boy, and then he came in, looked yeah. pretty good, looked pretty yeah. good. Maybe he's better than everybody thought. But anyway, uh, that's going to be my manure game. My marquee game is actually going to be the Washington football team and the Cowboys. And I say marquee, that's the one I'm most interested in. Uh, Pittsburgh and, and Ravens. I think Pittsburgh's going to win it. I think the Ravens are on a big slide. Uh, and I think it'll be like a... Oh, man. Yeah, that was a chance for them to come back, and they didn't. Pittsburgh's still undefeated. Uh, you know, whatever. But the uh, the Washington football team against the Cowboys, there's playoff implications going on here. This is a, a, this is a playoff implication game against uh, the return of, you know, two old-school quarterbacks, Andy Dalton and Alex Smith, uh, both getting back into action after some time off. And I think it's actually going to be pretty entertaining. And, I, and so for me, on that day, that's the one I really want to watch. I, In my mind, I, I want to see Pittsburgh and, and the Ravens, but I don't think it's going to be as close or as big a deal. I guess if the Ravens win, they kind of maybe keep themselves in the in the hunt, right? But I'm more excited about the other one. So uh, I guess my my oh my game in that would be the Ravens Steelers. My oh my, look, the Ravens did or, or didn't. When you go for the week 12 overall, I think the marquee has to be. I think you're completely wrong. The marquee has to be Colts Titans. Colts Titans both sitting tied right now. Uh, only the uh, tiebreaker putting Indy in first place. This matters for who's gonna who's gonna be getting that that spot, the division winner spot possibly. Uh, and so that's going to be mine. And yes, there's some homerism in there. With the manure, I'm sticking with the Texans Lions, even with the whole choice with the Jets and Miami in there. Uh, I still would rather watch Tua maybe come back and regain some spark than I would watching. You know, I know Deshaun Watson's a good quarterback. Uh, and I know the Lions are a kind of a middle of the road junk team. Nothing there for me to see. But again, they're, they're going to take my manure spot. And my, my, oh my, for this one, I'll slip the Washington Cowboys into that spot since I had to put a better marquee game in there. I, I still really want to see. I am like Brandon. I'm hoping for the Washington Redskins to win this. And I'm hoping for it to wow, only be with five team. wins. Oh, oh, team, my team. bad. Oh, what my was gosh. I saying? The Washington football team. We cannot have mental lapses like that here on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm still hoping for the Washington football team to uh, win and do it with five wins. And so I'm just kind of trying to watch my prophecy unfold here. Blake, what about you? My marquee matchup for the week is going to be Chiefs and Buccaneers. I feel like that'll be an interesting game to see what both quarterbacks can do. I feel like Patrick Mahomes can light up the scoreboard. I feel like Tom Brady still has something to prove this season with the Buccaneers. So that's going to be my marquee matchup. It's going to be Chiefs and Buccaneers. My my oh my, would you look at that? It's going to be the Ravens and Steelers. It's another rematch, and I'm looking forward to seeing on Thanksgiving Day what that team's going to look like, what both teams are going to look like, and to see the Steelers stand defeated, hopefully. My manure matchup is going to be the Dolphins and the Jets. Anytime you see the Jets in the, in the lineup, you just think, oh, no. So I'm going manure matchup being Jets and Dolphins. It's going to be an uninteresting game, and I feel like the Dolphins are going to win very easily. Okay. Tristan, what about you? All right, I'm going to give you uh, four picks against the spread. I was one and two last week. You know, not necessarily my fault with Burrow getting hurt. Uh, no idea what happened with Tua and the Dolphins, but I'll stand by my picks. I'm going to give you one Thanksgiving game if you want to bet a line that I like. Steelers, four and a half. That's, uh, that's tough. I mean, Steelers-Ravens, usually a close game. 
you might feel good if you if you took the Ravens and you know maybe they maybe they win or only lose by three. I would take the Ravens to cover that four and a half spread. Hmm. But three other games uh, for the rest of the week, you don't want to bet the other two games. Uh, Houston cover uh, is uh, favored by three, and Dallas favored by three. I don't know. Just pick one if you want if you want to bet that game uh, on on Thanksgiving. But for the Sunday games, I like the uh, the Bills and the Chargers. Buffalo is favored by five and a half. Mm-hmm. I like the Chargers to cover that spread. I like for them to keep things close. You don't know if they're going to win the game. They have the upside too, I think, as a team. Mm-hmm. But when they lose, they lose really close. And definitely covering that five-point spread. So there's one pick I like. Also, Cardinals and Patriots. Uh, Arizona favored by two and a half. I like them to cover that spread. I like them to win the game. They have just so much uh, upside offensively to really explode and win that game by, by much more. Uh, than the the three they would need to cover that spread, and then my final pick against the spread, I really wanted to pick this one. The high, the biggest spread of the week is Green Bay uh, favored by eight and a half. I would love to pick the the Packers to cover that. It's a it's a division game though. It could be close. Um, the one pick uh, though that I like uh, to round things out: Raiders favored by three over the uh, Falcons. They're coming off a really good week. Uh, the Raiders really need a win, though, as well, and they're they're playing good football. Uh, you know, running the ball well. Derek Carr's look pretty good. That's a bad Falcons team. I like them to cover that three point spread. All right, I th- I think we have some people in our on our audience who enjoy you kind of picking uh, spread games here. Uh, which ones you're for? Which ones you're against? Uh, so thanks for doing that, Tristan. We got some critical questions. They need answered stat. Somebody quick, grab the doctor. Brandon, what are we talking about? Yeah, so uh, we're actually going to share this segment with a voice call in person here and a couple questions, um, which is also Brandon. So we're gonna this is going to be the, the Brandon's critical questions. The Brandon's. Shout out to my boy Brandon. Uh, my first question, is Taysom Hill the future of the Saints? We, we got one week of solid, you know, this is what he can look like. But is it the solution for the next eight to ten years? Here's the thing. I think the the blueprint, I think, for Taysom Hill has got to be Lamar Jackson, right? right? Problem though is you you have that rushing upside. He's he's a, a physical specimen. They can they can cater the offense to him with with you know a lot of running, a lot of RPOs, that type of stuff. The thing is, he's got to really develop as a passer. I mean, he looks still really raw there. You haven't seen a whole lot of him passing. Uh, even before last week. So that that's the big caveat, I think, with a quarterback like Taysom Hill is if they can develop as a passer, sure, then he can be the future. But right now, I, I don't know. You know, they've, they've got him on, on a big deal, so he's going to be there for a while. And I think you just you have him there as as the, the gadget player, uh, at least for right now, while while Drew Brees is still the quarterback. But he definitely, I think, possesses the upside, I think, to to develop as a as a passer and really take over that spot. Yeah, it's uh you know with Lamar when he first started we didn't see a lot of his passing. There was a lot of the running and people are like, "Yeah, this is great. You know, it's working right now. Nobody's used to it, but he he's got to either be a passer or this isn't going to work." And he he did get better as a passer. He still is not like a huge passing guy. Uh, so I I think you're right. I think Lamar is the 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 blueprint or the template here. Um 
I don't know that he's going to be the future. Uh, I know Sean Payton loves him. You know, Sean Payton was the one who really wanted to make sure that he stayed there, paid him paid him big. Uh, I think some of it depends on, you know, what's Drew Brees going to do after this year? Is Drew Brees going to feel fulfilled? Is he going to get to come back if he wants to come back? We don't know. Uh, but if if he didn't, I can see Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston still both being on the roster and like there being a time where they're like, let's put it in Jameis Winston and see, you know, maybe he's still learning the, the system there and uh, he's going to come out and be a, a great, you know, quarterback who knows? Uh, I don't feel like extreme confidence. The only thing that makes me feel like he could is uh, the fact that Sean Payton loves him and uh, the fact that Sean Payton's a very offensively minded genius and could do some the same kind of thing that Harbaugh did, totally revamp that team more than it is now for someone with Taysom's strengths uh, and the fact that they paid him so much. Um, so you're right. He's probably going to be there for a while. Let's go to my uh, next question. And this is a what will happen first? Okay. The Steelers lose a game or the Jets win a game. Wh- which one of those two will happen first? I'm going to jump in right away. Steelers lose a game. Just going to say it. Uh, and it might not happen till one of the last two weeks of the year. The The problem is, you know, earlier I was like, uh, the, the Steelers may get, you know, they may be still undefeated at that time and sit some players. But the, with Kansas City winning last night, Kansas City may be pushing them for that number one overall AFC spot. They may not rest people at all just trying to keep that bye week, you know, for the playoffs. If if uh, Kansas City lost last night or the other night to the Raiders, there's more of a chance I think they would have sat some players in that one of those final games. Yeah, let's run through the rest of their schedule for the season really quick. There's just a handful of games left. They have the Ravens uh, Thanksgiving. We've already discussed that. Could be a loss. Yeah, then they play the Washington football team. Doubtful that they'll lose that. They play the Buffalo Bills. I think that's going to be their toughest matchup for the rest of the season, personally. Mm, I don't. I think that offense is... I think there's a tougher one coming. Uh... I know what you're talking about. <laughs> then they got Cincinnati. Uh, and without Joe Burrow, I don't have yeah. much hopes for that even yeah. being close. Right. Then Indianapolis goes to Heinz Field. Now, Indianapolis, that's, that's a scary defense, and they can get hot offensively. They, they have their weeks both ways. I could see that being a scary game for the Steelers. Week 17, they, get, they go to Cleveland. They somehow always Visual seem to beat football. Cleveland, but Cleveland... Cleveland is divisional football and, and they're not a slouch. They're sitting at seven and three also. I, I think so, it's one of those last two games myself. Yeah. I think it's it makes more sense that somewhere along the line the Steelers just lose a game because it happens. It's the NFL. Random games happen. They almost lost to Garrett Gilbert and the Cowboys. The Jets, on the other hand, it, it seems like they're pretty actively trying to lose. Now let's it take a look at them to keep losing. Let's take a look real quick. What's the rest of their schedule? Because I, I I wonder where their New England game falls, which is the one I could see them maybe somehow winning. But give it to us. Dolphins this week. I can go Dolphins. either way depending on. I what think the Dolphins. Of the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will win. We get the Raiders. I think the Raiders win. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Raiders are tough. Seahawks. Seahawks will beat the them. Seahawks win. Seahawks easily. The Rams. Rams will beat Rams. them. Rams easy. The Browns. Browns will beat them. Browns are great against bad teams. And week 17 against the Patriots. See, that's a thing. That's why I think that Pittsburgh may lose before they win, because even if they win, I think it's going to be the very last week. 
and it's going to be purely players wanting to salvage some pride and not have the scarlet letter of a zero sixteen. 16 uh, plastered on their career that they were on that team uh, and they could come out in week 17 and beat New England. So it'll either be that the Pittsburgh loses first or whoever has the first game in week 17 wins that little critical question. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh's going to lose first. Uh, and I think it goes back to their rescheduled early bye week. Yeah, it's it's tough on a team. And there's certain games where you can see that was tough. The Dallas game is a great example. All right, uh, let's hop over to Brandon's question. Sure. Hey, here's a call-in question. We got one uh, again this week. And again, I want to encourage everybody to do this. You go to anchor.fm slash football pandemic, and there's a little button there that says message. You just click that and record your voice message, and then we can respond to it on air. But here's the one we got this week. Hey, guys. Clear Eyes Full Hearts here. I know with Thanksgiving right around the corner, a lot of teams are really looking at their schedules and looking at the current playoff race and who they might match up uh, up against versus who they want to get matched up against in that first round, even though there could be a lot of movement in these last six weeks. I think in the AFC, the one team you would want to face is the Browns. They seem to always only play ugly games and they can only win against teams that are bad. Uh, They are one and three against teams above 500. In the NFC, you can make the case that if these last couple of weeks, you can get the one seed for the first round by the next best position is the five seed this year. Whoever ends up with that five seed is getting a guaranteed win in that first round. The NFC is 0-16 against teams above 500. So I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on who you want to see in that first round, possibly if you're in the playoff race, and who you don't want to see. So, guys, what do you think here? Uh, Obviously, the NFC, I think his argument's pretty airtight there. Uh, You want to get against the NFC East, who somebody in that division is going to win. They're going to be the fourth seed, so you you want to be fifth seed if you can't get number one overall because that's going to be a much easier game probably than uh, who who else are you playing against uh, in the NFC? You're playing against either um, one of uh, LA Rams or Seattle or Arizona, if things would happen to go either none of those teams you'd want to play New Orleans, you don't want to play Buccaneers. You don't want to play Green Bay. You don't want to play. So yeah, whoever, whoever you are, you want to hit that fifth seat. I, I would agree there. I think the AFC's a little harder to tell. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I want to hop back over to the NFC really quick. So this will have to be a wild card team. So a team that we think is already secured division, their division, we can't pick. Um, so Chicago is still in that wild card race. If they can <laughs> potentially win out the season, if they win out the season, they can win the division. So you're that saying they'll beat the Packers this coming week? If. If, if. <laughs> you heard it here first, Brandon wants the Bears to beat the Packers this week. If the Bears win out the season, and let's say Green Bay only loses against the Bears for the rest of the season, the Bears will actually win the division, uh, which is scary <laughs> to think about, but I don't think it's going to happen. And Tristan's on the same agreement with me. But I think Chicago's in that in that section where they could potentially end up with the fifth seed. Potentially. I think it's going to go to a... Uh, certain Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I think Tampa Bay is going to be in that fifth seed. They're going to be the highest and potentially the most dangerous wildcard team in the NFL. Uh, And they're going to start, you know, they're going to dip their toe in the water for the playoffs over in the NFC East. My, my thoughts are it'll either be Seattle or, uh, or LA Rams in that fifth spot, whichever one of them doesn't win it, I think will be in that fifth spot. And I think Tampa Bay will be in the sixth spot. Right, I agree right. with with both of uh, Brandon's points. Also, I think you know NFC uh, 
NFC East, whoever comes out of that, that's the team you want to play. Yeah. And also the Browns, yes, they're seven and three. Yes, they I think they they play pretty good defense. Probably the best running back duo in the NFL. But it playoff football is different. When you it, depending on the environment they're in, you know, I I just don't think that they don't have they don't have the offensive firepower to really compete with a team, you know, that has is looking really good offensively like a Tampa Bay for example uh then you know they have a ton of talent a lot of upside uh, to work with especially in the next few weeks so yeah those those are both uh both you know good points I think as far as the playoffs I mean if you look at the AFC Kansas City's going to win their division so they got the number one possibly um depending on what happens with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So one of those two are going to be one. One of those two are going to be two. We're not going to worry about them. Uh, Three uh, is going to be either whoever is in the AFC South or the Buffalo Bills. One of them is going to be three. One of them is going to be four. I I think though that the team after that, the team that's hitting five, could be the Browns, but it also could be either the Titans or the Colts, depending whichever one of them doesn't win their division. So I don't think you're automatically looking at five as being the Browns. Uh, It could could be one of those teams. Which one would you rather face? Browns, Tennessee, or Indianapolis? I mean, if you can catch one of those two AFC South teams on a bad week or, you know, an, an, a, a day where Philip Rivers is just erratic or the, the Titans defense is specifically, uh, you know, really on one of their bad days of not much pass rush, that might be the team you want to play. I think because I think you know what you're going to get coming in with the Browns. You know, they're going to play, you know, you know, Miles Garrett's going to be there. Uh, rushing the passer you're gonna have to deal with him and you're also gonna have to deal with you know all the running back talent uh that the uh, the browns have you got to be able to stop the run against them i think those the, some of those those two afc south teams can really on a bad day be a team you want to play but going in I'd, i'll still say the browns so what it what it comes down to that fifth seed spot if it ends up being either tennessee or indianapolis they're going to play each other because they're probably going to be the fourth seed. Unless, of course, the Buffalo Bills fall down a little bit. I mean, that could happen. Um, but, yeah, I think what you got with the Browns, you, you got those running backs. What you got with the Colts, you got that defense. Uh, neither one of those are the things you want to face. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a little bit murkier. I'm sure it'll it'll show itself in the next few weeks what we're looking at. Yeah, I want to move on with my final question uh, that kind of backs up Brandon's question. I want to write here, and I'm going to write this down and remember it. Okay. Who each of us think the Super Bowl matchup is going to be, and who will win? Oh man! Super super early prediction. Well, See, I guess I not hate, super early, but early prediction. I hate doing this because I don't want to just pick like the two top seeds because that you know that's just kind of I think these are the two best teams, but like. It's tough to pick against those teams as well. Like, right. I think we're all going to have the Chiefs in there, right? I would they have I would, I would think that the Chiefs are more explosive than the Steelers, but, uh, and of course, you always root for your home team to make that implausible run. But if you're looking at one of the top teams, it's either the Steelers or the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs got down by 24 last year in the NFC divisional game or the AFC divisional game. They came back in a quarter. Like, how do you pick against that? <laughs> yeah, but the problem is if you can get down that far and then one time you don't get all the way back, you're done. The The, the trick is not to get down that far. That's that's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are. They don't get down that far, but they're not a, as explosive. But they're not a, a bad team. We That's a matchup we all want to see, though. That would be, yeah. that, I mean, that would be big time. 
Yeah. For them to be in the, the AFC championship game, you mean? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. And that's the, that's the defense I think that the Chiefs wouldn't want to see, you know, in that, in that AFC. I'm going to have the Chiefs as, as my AFC pick. And your NFC? I got, I got to go bold. I got to say, I think the Saints are going to make a run. The Saints. I'm going bold. <laughs> I, want to, I want to be fun with it. They're like that's actually... A good, that's a really, really good defense. They're, they're in that to figure number out one spot right now. They get the bye if it ends today, right? I don't think they will, though. So I think this is going to turn out to be a little bit more bold. <laughs> I mean, I'm going the Saints. The defense is, is legit. They got Michael Thomas back in the fold this week offensively. I don't know. They, they, they've, they've made a lot of runs in the playoffs, had a few tough breaks. You know, Minneapolis Miracle um, last year losing to the uh, the Vikings again. The Of course, the NFC Championship game against the Rams and the no-call. I don't know. I like I like Sean Payton. I like that that team. I think I, I, that's that's my pick right now. Chiefs Saints. Chiefs get the win though. I I am I'm no good at this because I'm always rooting for those teams who are not the number one seeds. I'm always rooting for somebody who's a little lower. So I'm actually going to reflect that, even though it's hard to vote against those who are in the number one seeds right now. So right now, uh, if you were going just strictly number one seeds right now, it would be Pittsburgh saints chiefs, not far behind Pittsburgh. I'm not, I'm not going to do that way. I'm going to go surprise of surprises. Colts go crazy and oh, make it, make it to the super come bowl. On now. Yeah. That's, that's highly unlikely, but we're past the Homer highlights, you know, de- <laughs> defense, and in, in, when you come in January, defense matters, and we've got it. And uh, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna stick with this crazy Homer because if I write it now and it ends up being true, everybody's gonna be like, "Man, everybody was just laughing at Matthew." And look at this, laughing at Matthew, and look at this. But it gets harder on the other side for me uh, because if I'm looking at the teams and thinking, uh, not the number one seed, not the number one, but who do I think might might really push. Uh, the problem is I think with New Orleans Saints, I think I think it, you know, Taysom Hill's kind of a new I think people are going to begin to figure that out or Drew Brees is going to come back and uh I I don't necessarily think they're going to necessarily steamroll their way through like you said. I don't think they're necessarily going to stay there. Uh I want to say that it's going to be a, a rematch of the Colts Packers or that it's going to be the Colts Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I have a tough time with it. Um, because Green Bay and Seattle virtually have no defense. Uh, there's times where they come up and they can they can do stuff well. Uh, and I know Matt Lafleur has been a little more heavy on Mike Pettin about getting the defense to actually do stuff and not having you know Preston Smith 15 yards downfield in zone coverage or man to man because that's not what he does. The thing is, my NFC team, I think, is harder to pick than the AFC team. I think the the depth of the NFC playoff race is going to be a lot closer. Before you get into like naming those, I just want to say, if the Colts and the, the Saints would make it to the Super Bowl, that would be such a defensive, because they're both like really good defenses, might be a super low scoring and not very popular or exciting Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know, but it's, you're you're not going with either one of those, I don't think. So I just wanted to throw that in before you yeah. went crazy on your other teams. So Matthew, is your prediction New Orleans for NFC? Ah, you know, I I said I thought it would be uh, Green Bay or Seattle, but 
I, I might like New Orleans. You know, what would be good about the Colts versus New Orleans is maybe it would give us a chance to get them back for 2009. I would like that. Yeah. All right. I'll put New Orleans in there. And I'm assuming you want Tristan's just win. laughing because this is more outside the realm of plausibility and more in the realm <laughs> of wishability. But I'm still yeah, yeah. going there. Just how you would want it as a, as a homer. That's, that's right. That's yeah. That's what I'm picking. It's like, is this really going to happen? Well, I think it might. Yeah, I, I think on the NFC side, it's going to be an AFC West team or NFC West, NFC West team. Mm -hmm. As much as I don't want to say this, I think they take down Green Bay in the championship game. Which uh, one? I, the NFC championship game. Yeah, which which team? Which team from the NFC Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, and I don't think this team is outside of the realm of impossible. I think it's going to be the Cardinals. Okay. I have Cardinals winning the NFC. Um, and, you know, I, I was a fan of the Cardinals going into the season. You know, I thought Kyler Murray looked like a, a decent NFL quarterback, and then he got DeAndre Hopkins. And that elevated him to another level. Problem uh, is. And they're still going to be scary. Arizona Cardinal is totally dependent on Kyler Murray. Uh, if he plays well, they win. If he doesn't, they lose. Whereas, like, there are other teams where if the quarterback doesn't play well, they have running backs or a defense that can, like, carry them through. Arizona has no such thing. It's Kyler Murray or nothing. Yeah, but uh, I, I have hope. Yeah. Hope is all I need. I, I think they're going to play a team in the AFC that's kind of a shoe-in for the playoffs and has been looking okay all season despite – how good their record is. And I think they're going to kind of hop off in the playoffs when they get this first seed and finally get their bye week. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh, Arizona. Huh. Okay. Another rematch of a, a classic yeah. Super Bowl. That's right. So just to be, just to be clear, I'm the only person that has picked the chiefs to make the Super Bowl. You're, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just, 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 just to be clear, we're, we're putting that on record so you can laugh at us all yeah. when it actually and, happens. Uh, <laughs> And I think Pittsburgh's going to finally come up with that coveted Super Bowl win Big Ben's been wanting since his last one. How many has he won? Super Bowl that hasn't he won two? Never had. I was going to say, hasn't Big Ben himself won two? Yeah, I think he's yes. been to two more and lost them. Yeah. The I mean, that's gave him the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. Um, and then James Harrison ran 100 yards, and Santonio Holmes made an amazing catch to give him the second one. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's our critical questions. Let's rewind a bit. Go back and look at some fantasy from last week. Uh, look at some voting and how that's gone and any strange matchups. Uh, Brandon, what do we have there? Yeah, so we, we had two matchups where all four of us voted exactly the same across the board. That was Knights of the Huddle versus Not Basketball. We all said Knights of the Huddle is going to come up with this win. Or we all said Not Basketball is going to come up with the upset win. Knights of the Huddle came up with an astounding win over Not Basketball. We are all wrong. Yeah. Another one we said was Big Thighs versus 24 Blast. We all said Big Thighs, myself, would beat 24 Blast, and that happened. Easily. Uh, yeah, but looking at the rest of the things... Uh, Matthew, you went two out of five on the week. Yeah. Tristan <laughs> went one out of five. Ooh. <laughs> Blake went three out of five, and I went four out of five. Why do you and, always end that up with you as the highest voter? Man. See, I, I always pick slightly different than you guys do, and it slightly works out for me. It slightly but does. Our, 
I am on a four-game losing streak. My old man rivers, (laughs) by the way, they are just looking bad. And I do want to point out spots number one and number two in the league. I'm currently holding on to number one, and number two is Mop Lafleur. Look at that. Look at that. Little marriage up there at the top, right? Yep. (laughs) And uh, in our overall scores for the season, Matthew, you're at 28 out of 55. Blake is at 33 out of 55, and I'm 39 out of 55. Well, uh, I don't have high hopes for winning this fantasy football league, nor do I have high hopes for winning the votes. So I'm pinning everything on the real world. Go Colts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's uh, go ahead and get to that time of the week where we begin to make some predictions about the upcoming games, some prognostications, and see which of us might be able to get that better score for next week. I don't think there's any way I catch up to Brandon in all this, but Brandon, what what's uh, what's this next coming week games going to look like? What order are we going in for these picks? Yeah, so uh, we'll start with Blake, we'll move on to Matthew, and then I'll go and we'll finish out with Tristan. 24 blast. I feel like I can get, I've beaten Mop LaFleur once this season, and I feel like coming off a loss, I always, my team always decides to become stronger, and I got her beat at the wide receiver position with Tyler Boyd, Robert Woods, and Stephon Diggs back my line off of a bye week, so I'm going 24 blast in this one. He's going for himself, huh, with Ben Roethlisberger and... Gronkowski and Diggs. Oh, man. Um, I love Rodgers. I love uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, just Rodgers and Jones against Chicago. Of course, Chicago's a good defense. They're just, it's their quarterback and offense that seem to be their problem. So, I don't know. Maybe they watched the Colts shut down the Packers and they, they took some notes on how to do that here. Maybe they could do that in this next week. I want to go as far as shut down. Well, second half, they scored just barely three points. Barely. Yeah, the so, second half. That's not the game. Well, that's where the Colts do it. They they look at you the first half. They're like, okay, this is what they do. Now let's make our plan. Okay, shut them down. <laughs> and that's what we did. But yeah, they, they did not in the first half at all. So, um. I'm going to I'm going to actually go with Mop LaFleur just because Mop LaFleur always whenever I vote against her I end up where I'm at now with such a low voting score. So Mop LaFleur in a in a close one probably. What do you think? Yeah, I also like Mop LaFleur. I don't know if I'm as sold on what Blake said with his receiving group being better. So he's has Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Stefan Diggs. Uh but Mop LaFleur you know, Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Keenan Allen had a big week last week, didn't he? Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins has a big week just about every week. Uh-huh. And uh, and for people that can't see this, uh, Stephon Diggs is Blake's flex position. Uh, so Mop LaFleur has a running back in her flex position. So if you just take out the, let's say Tyler Boyd is the worst out of that group, you're looking at Robert Woods and Stephon Diggs against Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins. I would take Keenan Allen to DeAndre Hopkins and that, in that matchup. Yeah, I, I like I like Mufflefleur's team a little more. I think it's structured very well. Uh, and I'm going to give her the win this week over 24 Blast. Yeah, I'm going Mufflefleur as well. I have no idea what Blake is talking about with Tyler Boyd and Robert Woods being better than Keenan <laughs> Allen and DeAndre Hopkins. What? We just let that and slide, Keenan Blake. <laughs> Keenan Allen has been really good uh, this year, especially with Justin Herbert. Uh, that's a much better 
you know, receiver than Tyler Boyd, who's now has Ryan Finley throwing to him. I mean, come on. And the Giants have been pretty solid. And uh, James Bradbury, their their number one corner, has been pretty good. Might he might match up and, and lock down Tyler Boyd. So that's a, a terrible matchup. Uh, Robert Woods has been a pretty good player. Bobby Trees, as he's also known, uh, he's been pretty good. Uh, big game last week. I don't see him repeating that though. I'll go Mop Lafleur though. I think uh, you got. I mean, the only thing that would give me pause is starting the two Tampa Bay running backs. But in this league, you get points for uh, carries for some reason. So that's some guaranteed points there. They're both going to get carries. I like Mop Lafleur. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. We have Big Thighs versus Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, the Brandons. What do you think, Blake? Second matchup is going to be Big Thighs versus Clear Hearts. I'm going Big Thighs. I'm coming off a loss to Big Thighs, and they have a, quite a good lineup with Kyler Murray, Dalvin Cook, and Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. So I'm going to go with tw- Big Thighs for the win in this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to to vote against Big Thighs when he kind of regularly scores like 230 plus points every week. So uh, Clear Eyes, I, I thank you for your, your question you sent in, that you're a faithful listener, but I'm going to have to to go against Clear Eyes Full Hearts this week. I, I do like some of your players. I like Edwards Hilaire. I like Kirk. I like uh, Kareem Hunt. I like, you know, Tom Brady in a, in a bounce back game uh, to like at least throw, a, you know, for him and KC to be doing a shootout kind of thing. Um, it, it's tougher than than I would like to, to look down these rosters. But again, somehow Big Thighs always scores like 100 more points than his opponent. So I can't vote against that. Big Thighs. Yeah, I, I'm also going big thighs, and I said this last time I played Brandon. It's nothing personal. Uh, it's it's a game, and uh, and I still love you, but I think it's going to be tough for you to come out this week. So I'm going going big thighs. Yeah, it's clean sweep. Big thighs. It's pretty easy. I mean, that's a heck of a team. Clearly, I think the best team in the league yeah. at this point with, with what you got, uh, especially with Nick Chubb back. I mean, that's two. You know, stud running backs who are you know you know they're going to get a lot of carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, those guys those guys are two of the best receivers in the league. Justin and Jefferson, Kyler Murray, yeah, and week to week, Kyler Murray has been just super consistent this year. He's been last year's Lamar Jackson in terms of just running all over the place. You know, picking up those points even if he doesn't throw the ball well. Big thigh is easy here. All right, let's look on our next matchup. We have Sir Topham Hat versus Not Basketball. Take it away, Blake. And the matchup versus Sir Topham Hat, not basketball. I know he's ahead on the points, but I'm not taking not basketball. I'm taking Sir Topham Hat. I feel like Sir Topham Hat has the better lineups besides at the quarterback position. He has a better wide receiver in Cup and Kelsey versus Cooks and Johnson. So I'm going to go Sir Topham Hat for the win. Yeah, and looking at these two, uh, I think, like I said, I think we could see a, a big shootout happen, KC versus Tampa Bay. I, I think there could be some offensive power happening there, more than um, Alex Smith and Andy Dalton. Um, I think that's going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, just Ezekiel Elliott got back in the form last week, which is what gives me pause. Otherwise, I'd probably be voting for not basketball in this one because uh, I think James Conner is fine. You know, for some reason, I just I'm having a feeling in my gut that not basketball is going to get another win. So I'm going to I'm going to go for not basketball as close as it is. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to go Sir Topham hat. Uh, and I think the difference is going to be he has Devonte Parker up, up against the Jets, uh, which is just an awful defense. And the Dolphins are looking for a comeback game. I think Parker is going to be a 
big part of that. And you do see Patrick Mahomes on one side, who I think will have a big game. It's going to be a shootout with him and Tom Brady coming back. Uh, but Chris Godwin is playing on the other side. And I think Chris Godwin's also going to have a lot of targets, a lot of receptions, and that's going to kind of elevate him. Uh, as much as I would like to say that the Patrick Mahomes magic will always translate to fantasy football as well, it's not necessarily true. I, I think Sir Topham Hat is going to come out with a win here. I'm going to go not basketball. Uh, I'm going to take a, a little victory lap. Last week, Alex Smith only had like 10 fantasy points. So I was right about that. I still don't think he's much. If, if there's a week you start him, it would be this week against a pretty bad Dallas defense. Um, I'm still going to go not basketball, though. I, I, th I think Dylan's due to get some uh, some good things rolling. Uh, DJ Moore looked a lot better uh, last week with PJ Walker. Now, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if uh Walker is still playing next week, but DJ Moore's kind of gotten better as the season's gone along. Brandon Cooks has been pretty solid. Same with Deontay Johnson. Uh, he's been a nice, nice addition to have uh, from, from the Steelers. I'll go with not basketball here. All right. Our next matchup, we're going to look at Wilson versus Old Man Rivers. Go ahead and take it away, Blake. In Wilson versus Old Man Rivers, I'm taking Old Man Rivers this week. He's projected to win by 17 points. He's got Lamar Jackson and Alvin Kamara, who have been really great at fantasy football this year. He has Ridley and Metcalf versus Jones and Brown. So I'm going to take Old Man Rivers. Yeah, funnily enough, I don't know if I am. Uh, seems like every week I vote for Old Man Rivers and he, he loses. And a big reason has been Ridley. Ridley's been doing very little the last three weeks. Uh, he was injured and he just hasn't come back, hasn't looked like himself. Metcalf, for all the beast he is, he hasn't been getting me the points. And it's what we've talked about all year. It's like uh, he could have a big week or Lockett could have a big week. And you just never know which one it's going to be. Uh, Naheem Hines uh, had a huge week a couple weeks ago. This week he had a, a touchdown called back because of penalty. I ended up not doing so great. Love Blankenship. Blankenship's been scoring great all year. Uh, Colts defense has been scoring fine all year, but I don't think that's enough to, to pull me up. On the other side, you're looking at Derrick Henry and, and Russell Wilson. Both of them are going to score, regardless of if their team wins or not. They're going to score. Uh, yeah, I like Kamara um, on my, on my side, but I don't know that uh, Lamar Jackson's been more of a letdown than I would like. You know, I got him high in the draft and he's just not been producing the points that I've been wanting him to produce for me. And so I'm going to go against myself this week in hopes that maybe it's uh, that reverse psychology. But at the same time, I realized that when my team loses, the Colts win, uh, and so there's part of me that wants my team to go ahead and lose. Old Man Rivers can drop to the bottom of this and sit down there uh, if the Colts continue to win. But I'm going to I'm going to say Wilson actually is going to win this one this week. All right. Uh, I think it's a pretty interesting matchup. I definitely like the running back situation more on Old Man Rivers quarterback situation more on Wilson, but I don't, I don't think Russell Wilson is going to carry this team to a victory. I think Matthew is actually going to break his streak. I think DK Metcalf's going to have one heck of a game against Philly and Matthew comes up on top old man rivers. I'm going to go Wilson here. Um, but first off, uh, Blake is willfully misinformed. If he thinks Lamar Jackson is has been good this year. He's in PPR scoring. He's only gone over 30 points twice this year. And he, he did that. It seems like he went over 30 like every game. He, he might be the biggest bust of a draft pick this this year in terms of what you thought you were getting and then what you have gotten. I just Lamar want you Jackson to know has, has not been good. My first two picks, um, Saquon Barkley, followed by Lamar Jackson. 
That's what I had this year for number one and number two. Luckily, I, I made a trade for Kamara, who's who's ended up being great. But boy, my first two were. That's that's how it goes. That's a tough break on Saquon Barkley. I will always say that that's too early to take a quarterback, no matter how good they are. You got to wait on a quarterback because they're a dime a dozen. I mean, look at look at Aaron Rodgers. Look how late he was going in drafts, and look you could in look what he is now. So that that's a position I think you got to wait on, but. Regardless, in this game, Salvan Ahmed, I think, is is still going to come back and be the main guy for uh, Miami. Great matchup against the Jets, so I'm going Wilson here. All right, our final matchup of the week, we have the Knights of the Huddle versus TPT Football. What do you think, Blake? I'm going Knights of the Huddle. The reason being, they have a better quarterback position in Deshaun Watson versus Josh Allen, and Amari Cooper will do better than, I believe, Thomas and Drake. So I'm going to go the Knights of the Huddle. I don't know that it's like lights out Watson better than Allen. Uh, Watson is a good quarterback. Allen has his weeks of good quarterback too. I do think Taylor found some groove last week. If he can continue that, that would be uh, a good thing for the Knights of the Huddle. Mari Cooper against Washington. I think Washington's actually a better defense than they are an offense. And I think that could be a, a little harder, um, even though, you know, he's been like so good. I think they're starting to find C.D. Lamb more and trust C.D. Lamb more, which takes a little bit away from Cooper. Uh, whereas Michael Thomas, uh, he looked good last week with Taysom Hill. They seem to like connect well. I think that could be some points. Uh, so if I'm looking down through these, uh, while I see some of the points that that Blake's making, I'm going to go with TPT Football, who, who uh, outscored me this last week for the win again this week. Yeah, I think this is going to probably be our closest matchup of the week. Uh, so it's pretty tough for me between Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen. I think Buffalo and the chargers have a good chance of having a good old quarterback shootout. Uh, I see that being more of an option than Deshaun Watson and uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, so I, th- I think the quarterback option goes to Josh Allen uh, and he's had some really, really good fantasy weeks. If Jonathan Taylor can get going, that would be nice. But I know this Tennessee defense is a little more brutal against the run than that Green Bay defense was last week. But also don't sleep on Kenyon Drake. He's not really produced what you would want him to do. uh, But I still think he can do something and kind of pull you through in a fantasy perspective. I think for this week, I'll go trumpet football. I think that's the the better game. Yeah, this is this is a tough matchup because there's like multiple players on each team that can like completely disappear. I mean, Jonathan Taylor and Mike Evans can 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 disappear in a game depending on what uh, you know what happens in that game with the running back, especially with the Colts. Uh, I mean, same with Kenyon Drake and David Montgomery. Those are guys who can can really disappear and not put up a whole lot of points. I'll go Knights of the Huddle here uh, in a close one. All right. Well, everybody, listen, we hope you have a lot to be grateful for this week. Uh, Even if you end up spending it without being around a lot of family, we hope that it's a a wonderful Thanksgiving week. We hope you feast on turkey. We also hope you feast on some football. And don't forget to feast on the football pandemic past episodes. We'll see you guys next week. 